Today on Locked On Canadians, we have some more information about the NHL Draft Lottery, which is relevant to the Canadians once again this year. And we're going to talk about Rafael Harvey Pinard's big moment being called up to the NHL. And finally, are the Habs actually the same under Martin St. Louis as Dominique Ducharme? We're going to talk about that on today's Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. and welcome to episode 599. That means tomorrow's episode is our big 600. It is also a Friday episode, which means it is a mailbag episode. So we are expecting amazing questions for our big 600th episode. We're going to celebrate it with your questions and you can send us your questions. You can leave them in the YouTube comments. You can send them to us at uh, lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. And you can also Send them to us on Twitter by tagging LO underscore Canadians. I actually also got one on Instagram. We've got a variety of ways that you can talk to us and send us questions. Um, But in the meantime, we're going to start. We're going to talk about the NHL draft lottery, Raphael Harvey-Pinard, and are the Canadians actually the same under Martin Saint-Louis as Dominique Ducharme? All that's coming up in just one moment. My name is Laura Saba, also known as the Active Stick, and I'm joined, as always, by Scott Matlow, Habs Eyes on the Prize. And Scott, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. I've had a very full day off. I ate some Taco Bell. I played a lot of Elden Ring, a a lot, probably more than I meant to today, but it's my day off, so I don't really care. I'm going to spend it the way that I please. And then I looked on the schedule and saw the Canadians and Flyers are playing arguably one of the worst games on the entire NHL schedule the entire season uh, tomorrow. And uh, it's it's going to be the movable object hits the stoppable force. And I quite frankly can't wait because it's going to be a crap show of a game and it's going to be the best kind of bad hockey. Absolutely. And so we are going to talk about a lineup or a couple of lineup changes for that game. And that's happening in our second segment. But first, the NHL has released some more information. Initially, we thought the NHL draft lottery was going to be on May 16th. It is, in fact, not. It's going to be on May 10th, which is a few days earlier. And so the Canadians are going to be in the draft lottery this year. They weren't in 2020 because they made the postseason. So they weren't eligible for that lottery. And then in 2021, they got all the way to the Stanley Cup final. So they weren't eligible for that lottery. Uh, But they are going to be eligible for this one. So on the 10th, it's 6.30 p.m. Eastern. And so what we want to do on Lockdown Canadians is have not at the same time, because I know there's a couple of other live events going on at the same time, but that night we want to have a live reaction show after the results are announced. So we're going to keep you posted on that and we hope you join and, 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 you know, share in the, in the comments and all of that. And that's going to be really exciting. We've done one live show. This is going to be our second. We thought, you know, what better way to do a live show than to react to the draft lottery results. And now they, NHL themselves have also released the odds of uh, the draft lottery and the Canadians. Uh, right now, they are the 31st team in the league uh, and they are gunning for 32nd. So the 32nd team, their odds of drafting first overall, right, is 18 and a half. 
And if they come in 31st, their odds would be 13 and a half. So it's not great odds for everyone who keeps talking about, you know, tank, 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 tank. I think they've done enough to give themselves a more than 10% chance of picking first. If I'm if I'm reading odds correctly, I don't know, Scott, am I crazy? Am I bad at math? They no, they changed it, and I don't have the chart in front of me, but the first whoever finishes last has an 18.5% chance of having the first overall pick in this, and then that obviously decreases down the list there. It's not nearly as guaranteed as it used to be. And I I don't know if it's still by the amount of ping pong balls in there or what. Um, I will have a more definitive answer by next week just because I know they changed the rules and you can only move up so many spots now. And the biggest thing about this is that the Habs have a good chance of picking first overall. At the same time, it's not beneath the Arizona Coyotes. Just go, yeah, um, our good players are suddenly injured and we're going to play nobody and lose the rest of the games. They're already losing all their games. And you can't outtake a team that's been outright trying to be bad this year. And I'm, I, I want to temper expectations here because so many people are going to react negative if they, negatively if they do not get the first overall pick. And honestly, I, I do not want to go through that again. It's We went through it with the Kotkaniemi draft, and it's like it's not the end of the world if they're picking second or third. There's a good talent in this draft. We talked with Tony Ferrari about it. We're going to talk with other people about it as well. If you don't get Shane Wright, it's not the end of the world. And if you get Shane Wright, it's super cool. But the odds have changed now. And for everyone who's worried about this team falling out of, you know, lottery position here. They can finish no later than fourth. Yeah, which, oh no, like you're going to be looking at someone like Simon Nemitz or Yurov Slavskovsky in this draft, like. There's worse things in the world to have happen. Obviously, I would like Shane Wright. I think he could be a huge piece of this franchise here in the future, but it is not going to be the end of the world. Have your expectations in order because if you're expecting to win automatically, it's going to end up being real rough, I think. I agree. And this, this is the thing. It it often feels like getting that first overall pick is kind of uh, a, a boon or a a gift you know at the end of enduring such a terrible season over the the course of 82 games and it does feel like that sometimes like when the worst team that has had misery after terrible game after setback after injury after clown show after everything like that it feels like when they don't win the first overall pick it feels like an insult it feels like you know somebody's somebody's kind of you know, it, it compounds that sadness. It makes it like it's not worth it. But here's the thing is that the Canadians need talent no matter what. They need top five talent on this team because they don't currently have it. They have two guys who are promising. They have an aging carry price. And then they've got an entire roster of people who can be good but aren't great. And it's just the sad reality of it, right? It's just that that's just the way it is for whatever reason, whether some of them are injury prone and they're not reaching their potential or they're a bad fit or not reaching their potential. The Canadians need bona fide elite talent. You're going to get that in the top five, especially this year's top five. We talked to Tony Ferrari once. We are going to bring him back because he is one of our favorite people. Um, We do like him a lot and he has great opinions and he has great insights. And so you know, there's a whole bunch of other people we're lining up for our off-season coverage. And, you know, as we get closer to May 10th, we're going to look at all the prospects. But once we know what the Canadians' position is, we're going to 
get a little bit deeper into the few guys that are going to be available or everybody's going to be available at that point. Almost. We're going to talk about the few guys that are at the top of this draft that have separated themselves from the pack in terms of talent, ability, and promise. And we're going to learn about them. Uh, as it stands right now, I'm on Tankathon, and they they have a disclaimer saying the NHL is also unclear about some scenarios in the new lottery rules in which teams can only jump 10 spots. Right now, their odds have Arizona at a 25.7% chance of drafting first. Montreal's is 12.1 and et cetera, et cetera, meaning they'd probably be picking second overall. And on Tankathon, they have us taking your Slavkovsky with the second overall pick and Seamus Casey with the Calgary Flames other first round pick. We will obviously have more with prospects as we roll into uh, the end of the season and stuff here. So uh, keep an eye out for that. And once we get a more definitive answer, because of course the NHL can make it easy, we will have that on this show as well. So, and, and that's basically it. You know, let's not panic. Let's get excited and think about that live show we're doing. Um, if you have any ideas for us, we're going to be really excited to have you join us. But we're going to talk about some lineup changes and particularly Raphael Harvey Pinard because I know he's a Scott favorite. So I'm going to be grilling Scott a little bit about, uh, I guess, the next Brennan Gallagher. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and premium high-end finishes. Also, something you won't find anywhere else is Shady Ray's insane protection program. Shady Ray's includes lost and broken protection on every pair. They will send you a brand new pair if you lose them, no matter what happened. Give them a try, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to Fight Hunger in America when you shop with Shady Rays. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com and use Locked On to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's called Locked On for their best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs of Shady Rays sunglasses backed by over 150,000 verified five-star reviews. I gotta tell you, they're great sunglasses and that like that protection program is amazing but they're so well made that you're not going to break them you might lose them if you're me but you're not going to break them is uh, is what i'm going to say so check them out and use our promo code be like us and get great sunglasses all right so scott we're going to talk about a player that comes up all the time when i ask you how the rocket are doing I have heard him be called the next Brendan Gallagher. He does wear Brendan Gallagher's number in Laval. Uh, he's a small player with a lot of attitude. And he has been all over the score sheet in Laval. He's been a huge part of their playoff push. So let's talk about the Montreal Canadiens' most recent call-up. Yes, so Raphael harvey Pinard was called up uh, earlier today from the Rocket. And a lot of people went, the Rocket are trying to make the playoffs. What are they doing? The Rocket do not play until Friday. Uh, they are at home. Uh, I assume that he will be sent down after the game against the Flyers because Michael Pozzetta's suspension will be up for Saturday's game. Paul Byron and Jake Evans are both out. In the meantime, Evans has an illness that is non-COVID related and Byron uh, needs a doctor's opinion on something which we hope is not serious because we feel awful about that. And I have been begging for this because he's earned this call up. Uh, Harvey Pennard has been one of my favorite players to watch with the Rocket this year. In 64 games, he has 51 points, 19 goals, 32 assists, plus 28. 
And despite being a feisty player, he gets into those really dirty areas and plays with his nose to the grindstone. He's only got 20 total penalty minutes. He only had two penalty minutes in 36 games last year. And across his career, he's never topped more than 38 in an entire season. He stays out of the box and he knows how to contribute. And it's not always pretty, but he gets where he needs to. And he's putting pucks where they need to be in those dangerous areas. He has no fear being in the danger zone in front of the net there. He loves, he loves to be there, get lost in coverage, you know, score in close score on his backhand, you know, set passes across the crease and make life difficult for defenders. And I'm really curious to see where he fits uh, in the lineup here for Martin St. Louis, because you know what, put him on a line with Caulfield and Suzuki. He works hard. He's defensively sound and they could use a little bit of that. And if he's going to feed pucks to where they need to be, why would you not want him on a line with your two best scoring forwards right now? You might as well see what he's got, sink or swim. And also, it's the Philadelphia Flyers, with all due respect. They're not great defensively. It's the perfect game to try out uh, some new things here and see what you can get out of this. And uh, we we talk a lot about development and like how Jake Evans is one of the few success stories coming out of the AHL system under Mark Bergevin. This is trending towards another one. He was very good in his first season on an AHL deal under Joel Bouchard. And then this year I was like, okay, let's kind of see what he can do. He had a slow start and then he's picked it up as they've been in the deep playoff hunt there. Uh, I I am so, so excited to see him get another shot here in a non-depleted uh, COVID. Well, depleted is still the lineup, but in a non-COVID depleted lineup, I guess. So it's going to be very exciting. Very excited to see number 49 in the lineup tomorrow night. And I'm very curious to see where they slot him in overall. Me too. And I have to admit, Scott, as soon as I heard that or I saw that, I immediately, my mind went, well, what about the Laval Rocket playoff push? Forgetting that like literally all he has to do is go from Montreal back to Laval on Friday. And he's no stranger being in the AHL playing in back-to-back games. I don't think that, you know, it's going to affect it in any way unless one of the Flyers injures him, in which case our our pitchforks and torches will come out. Uh, In the meantime, uh, Corey Schooneman was also sent back down. I don't know if it was papered or if it was for real, Scott. What are your thoughts? He was actually like fully sent down, which makes sense. They have extra bodies. I assume Kale Clegg's going to play a little bit. Um, and it's probably the best for Shooterman to get some AHL games under his belt here because he's going to be in the lineup going into the playoffs. He was papered down. And I look at this in that they have Niku and Willette, they have Belpedio, and they have Torridello, all of whom are going to be playing. And then I also look at Shuneman needing to get some games, and it allows them to have a more solid, stable defenseman in that uh, group there that allows them to rotate three pairings, have another guy on the power play, and maybe, you know, rest Willette, rest Sammy Niku, who have been playing a lot of minutes lately for them. And I know his games haven't been great as of late, but the Canadians as a whole have been okay as of late, if not just bad. And that's not on him. It's been a tough season. He has really good flashes that I like, and I think he's going to be a piece next year continuing for that, you know, five, six spot on this team here. I have no issue with sending him down right now, especially if it's to make uh, Harvey Pennard's contract work because of the cap space with Carey Price and everything else. But for right now, it's... There's no real panic. It's it's going to be good to get him some ice time against the Marlies this weekend. 
I fully agree with that. And I just wanted to have one. I had one more uh, tidbit is that ML Heinemann has been seen skating. We still don't know really the details of his UBI or when he's coming back from it, but he has been skating, which is a good sign. So that's our last Laval Rocket note. I'm, I'm excited that we're talking about the Rocket, you know. If they weren't doing well, we would probably avoid chatting about them. But I just, I find that, you know, it's part of the development. It's part of, it's part of the excitement is having a better AHL team. And it's just, to me, it's exciting. And plus, you know, there'll be playoffs in this city if they make it. So, um, you know, we are, we're, we're locked on Laval Rocket, maybe like <laughs> a quarter of the time. We're not, we're not all the way to a third yet, but we're there for a quarter of the time. And in the meantime, we are going to talk about some conversations that we have seen floating around about, are the Canadians the same under Martin St. Louis as Dominique Ducharme. And that's coming up in just one moment. But first, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, Scott. So I think this might have been a throwaway tweet from, it was like RDS Sankasset or something, but Habs fans jumped all over it. And it was that in the end, the results under Martin St. Louis are the same under Dominique Ducharme. And that's upsetting. Yes, they have lost six in a row. But at the end of the day, Martin St. Louis, frankly, cannot pull talent out of his ass. The Canadians are an untalented team. Sorry, I'm just like, the Canadians are an untalented team. But if you can't look at this team that's on the ice that's been playing under Martin St. Louis and compare it to the team that was playing under Dominique Ducharme and you can't see better habits, better, even with their terrible defensive coverage, they're still much better than they were under Dominique Ducharme. Better offense, better neutral zone play, like quite frankly, much better offense and neutral zone play. The power play is not great. The penalty kill is not great, but it's a little bit better under Martin St. Louis. Like Martin St. Louis cannot transform this lineup in the matter of however many games he's had so far. What is it like? It's 30 games, 36 games. I don't know. Um, This is not the same team as it was under Dominique Ducharme. It literally is not. They don't play the same way. They are the same people. They just don't play the same way. And it is driving me insane that people are still having this conversation because you can't win. You want them to lose, so they will tank and they will get a better chance at that number one overall pick. But then you want them to win so you can say that they were better under Martin St. Louis than under Dominique Ducharme. Like, Martin St. Louis was brought here to instill better hockey habits better hockey concepts than the Canadians had before. He's going to have, assuming he re-signs with the Canadians, which all signs point to, yes, he will. He's going to have an opportunity with new assistant coaches. He's going to have an opportunity to instill good habits and good concepts. And I'm going to call it a system, even though he doesn't believe in a system. 
he's going to install a good system. And you can already see the difference. I don't understand why people think this is the same team. They won a game. They lost a game, sorry, in which they got goal lead. And they were amazing against the Islanders. They also played well against the Washington Capitals. You look at the scoreboard and it says 8-4. But you look at the way the team plays. If I'm a Washington Capitals fan, I'm scared for the playoffs. Like, I don't understand where this is coming from. The Canadians didn't play all that great in the first period against the Wild, but then they picked it up. I just, I don't, I, I, I can't, I can't. I, so here's the whole thing is that people have no idea what a process is. And I, I know exactly the people who are mad about this and going that it, they, because for some reason they are still latched to the Mark Bergevin regime and it doesn't matter. He's gone guys. We're past this now being a stand for the former GM is a very weird look. And I, I look at it this way and I go, Martin St. Louis is here to help organize and figure out who these, you know, people, what this team is. And right now we do not know what it is. He's got to sift through that. He's got to find out who fits where with what's left on this lineup and go from there. It's as simple as that. Like if you're expecting him to come out and suddenly have a top 10 team in the league, you're not paying attention and you're just, and I've seen tweets. It's like, ah, oh, well, they haven't scored and carries back and they're still not winning. No crap. They're not winning. They're not a good team right now. They have two lines made up of mostly AHL caliber and replacement level players. Their defense is shot to crap. They are playing at an AHL wavered pickup goalie and carry price. Who has been out for eight months. They have one line that gets targeted by all the top defensive pairings. And I am truly wondering what in the hell people are expecting here. They're going to be bad. They're probably going to be bad next year too. You're going to have to deal with that. And I, I honestly just like take a second and use some critical thinking here. It is not the end of the world that they're not winning games right now. This is what most of you wanted. And now you're getting it. And you don't know what to do with it. And this is why I insisted that this franchise and the fan base would not know what to do if they went full scale with a rebuild. And it's being proven right, right in front of my eyes here. You have to let the process play out. You have to let the season go through and let Martin St. Louis, you know, kind of work his magic. All the underlying metrics are better underneath him right now than they were under Dominique Ducharme. Yeah, the new coach bounce is probably worn off. Cole Caulfield wasn't going to shoot 30% forever, which, you know, wishful thinking it could be. He's only human. Yeah, He's exactly. Human at that. <laughs> exactly. It's it's an imperfect system, and it's going to be ugly. We knew we were in for pain after the trade deadline. They traded away a top four defenseman, a top six forward. They traded uh, two top six forwards. They traded away Tyler Toffoli, too. I keep forgetting they traded him before the deadline. You got to understand that this is not going to be a snap your fingers and it's done kind of thing. It takes time. It takes growing pains. And if you aren't ready for that, then you weren't actually ready for a rebuild at all. I agree. And here's the thing is like my only regret is that I saw this discourse as I was on my mental health walk. And then we were going to record right away when I got back because I would, I was like in the mood to like really go ham and on researching and pulling up all the underlying numbers and comparing all kinds of players. But you know what, what we are going to do is we're going to do this in the off season. We're going to take the first half of the season, the second half of the season, we're going to get somebody who understands the numbers and we're going to talk about the difference in play because I really think that you're doing all of the players 
as well as the general manager, Jeff Gorton, and Martin San Luis, most importantly, you're doing them all a disservice by saying it's the same. It's not the same. Just because they're not winning doesn't mean their process wasn't good. And we saw that. And people don't like to like don't like when I bring this up, but the you know, under Claude Julian, they had losing streaks in which they were outplaying the team and just not scoring goals. This is the same thing that's happening. They are outplaying teams, not every night, but in periods and things like that. And the most important part is if you look at the way, even if you're not somebody who believes in underlying numbers, even if you're not somebody who wants me to pull in depth stats to tell you that this is not, you know, this is not what's really going on here. If you just look at their attitude on the ice, it's miles. If you're an intangibles person, it's miles away from how they were before Dominique Ducharme was fired. And I don't want to spend any time like dumping on that coach, but I think you can just look at the on ice play and the results will come with the process. I hate saying trust the process because it's a borrowed phrase from a tank from another sport in another city. But in terms of building a better way to play hockey, you got to trust the process because the process is what's going to bring the best out of the talent and what's going to minimize the weaknesses. I feel like the only person's weaknesses, the only person whose weaknesses have not been minimized is Mike Hoffman. And it's not his fault. And it's Poor not Mike the coach's Hoffman. fault. Yeah. Poor Mike Hoffman. It, Honestly. <laughs> here's my whole thought with this is I'm not going to judge Martin St. Louis half season. I'm going to look at this and see what can improve because the metrics have gotten better. We've seen things from Wave Intel, uh, Jason, who we've had on the show, and looking at other things, the numbers are getting better. They are still not great, but they are improving. And now you go into next season where guys are hopefully one healthy, because I assume a lot of guys are playing injured still because they don't have anybody else. You have a team that's been beaten up and mentally just worn down over the year. What do you get after a long offseason where they can recuperate and rest and have a little bit of a chance? And even if they're talking with Martin St. Louis come August when, you know, training camp rolls around and there's new guys in there and everything, it's going to be a different team. They still might not be great, but we're going to see what a new coaching staff does because I assume they're getting a new coaching staff in here. We're going to see what some new faces in there and some returning faces can do and what some of these AHL graduates can do here. You cannot judge Martin St. Louis just off of this season alone. We're seeing a lot of good things. And we can look at how the system has worked and we can take a look at that. But until he has 82 games under his belt, I'm not going to judge it fully against the year and a half of Dominique Ducharme that we saw excluding the playoff run. And because that's an entirely different beast to look at. I, I know we say a lot, you know, it's not that deep. It, just take a deep breath. If you're looking solely based on records and on ice results, I think a lot of people would say they're better under, Martin St. Louis, they look better. They look like they're having fun. Even if they're not playing perfect hockey, I see more of the effort there. Under Dominique Ducharme, it was shambling corpse hockey, and it was ugly, and it was bad. And if you think these are the same, I have a lot of questions about how you analyze the sport, to be quite honest with you. Yes, I agree. And with that, uh, remember that tomorrow is our 600th episode, and we want your best mailbag questions 
You can email them to us at lockedoncanadians at gmail.com. You can leave them in the YouTube comments. You can also tweet them to us at LO underscore Canadians. You can tweet them to Scott at Scott Matla or me at The Active Stick on Twitter. But I really do prefer that if you're going to tweet them, tweet it at LO underscore Canadians so I can centralize them all in one place. Um, in the meantime, I am also going to put up a poll at some point for the disgusting thing I have to eat or drink uh, because we got to 500 subscribers. And if you want to be one of those subscribers that will get us to 1000 and I don't know what stunt we're going to pull when we do that but that's what we're aiming for right now you can subscribe to this podcast on YouTube as well you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcast we're well past 500 there but on the YouTube we want to get to a thousand we're actually well past thousands on on the on the podcast um and we're so so grateful to all of you as we approach 600 episodes i literally cannot believe we get to do this every day um and rant and, and talk about hockey uh and we love all of our listeners so so much so send us your best questions for tomorrow uh and uh and in the meantime once you're done listening to this episode check out locked on fantasy hockey because fantasy hockey playoffs are on right right now and now is when it is the most important thank you so much for listening we will talk to you tomorrow